0: There is a quote from Oscar Wilde. It says, um, everything in the world is about sex, except sex. Sex is about power. Um, First of all, I'm no expert on the topic of sex or what one's uh, ideal relationship should be towards sex or sexuality in general. And honestly, um, as beings who are primarily sexual beings, it may be too naive for a person to feel like they can come up with an ideal approach towards sexuality that the entire society can adopt. However, um, we can definitely discuss certain observations on how our sexuality interplays with a large part of our lives and I do feel that I haven't really come across a genuine detailed discussion on the topic. So I genuinely feel it is under discussed and I just might have like a few observations to share that's about it so to start with um, sex is the primary motivator implicitly or explicitly so it's either sex or the idea of sex that ends up becoming a conscious or sometimes even subconscious motivation for most of our actions especially the actions that we do um, for external validation, which forms a huge chunk of what we do. So for example, um, if this conversation or podcast is something that I can say to a certain level, I'm doing for reasons of self-expression. So if I put this in a bracket of things that I'm doing, or at least I aspire to do, not for external validation. But then there are several other things in my life that I do for reasons that are external to me. It may not be validation in the most obvious sense, but those reasons don't have a lot to do with my own self-expression. Sometimes they don't have a lot to do with survival as well. We, for example, want a certain kind of a job, We want to make a certain kind of money, want to wear certain kinds of clothes and live a certain kind of life. So I think implicitly, if not explicitly, we want to become someone or uh, something in relation to somebody else. So at least in myself, I've observed this. In some ways, I want to become perhaps more, in some abstract way, more viable or more desirable in relation to somebody external to me. And these things may not be again with the intention of explicitly going and having sex but there is an undercurrent of sexuality in not just our individual actions I feel but also our actions as a society. So even from from my perspective what I have gathered even our ideas of romance and passion they are so heavily sexualized. So for instance, um, talking of passion, and this I observed here, like after coming to this country, when you're referring to passion between a couple, immediately that implies um, sexuality between them. So we clearly aren't really talking about passion in the sense of like tremendous mental compatibility or perhaps very similar life goals or great friendship. And especially our present age of capitalism, I feel sometimes it exemplifies what Oscar Wilde says. Everything in the world is about sex except for sex. Sex is about power. So we see in the world around us um, what sells the most, right? Even sometimes the most non-sexual things can be technical gadgets. Something else cannot be sold without sexual undertones or perhaps uh, hiring people as models who look a certain way to to grab that kind of an attention. I think this entire process of becoming something, I think, a lot of it has to do with uh, a sexual urge. Again, not explicitly to go and have sex but the entire process of becoming implicitly, I think, has to do a lot with um, sexuality. I could be wrong. This is just like something that came to me. So in this way, I feel like um, capitalism can be said to be similar to democracy because whatever people want, whatever the majority wants, that comes up and that becomes a norm. And actually, sex sells. Um, It can be scandalizing, it can grab attention. So um, no wonder it is such a big part of marketing, right? Um, And so interesting that this isn't just in perhaps the South Asian cultures or or Middle Eastern or more conservative cultures where sex is such a taboo subject that it can actually scandalize to an extent that it can be used to grab attention even in perhaps places where the approach towards sex overall is more much more liberal like a a large part of the us obviously not all of it um for example if i had to say new york or the general culture uh, of the country where the vibe towards sex is much more liberal and less scandalous even here you would feel like if you talk about sex nobody would pay attention but actually people do and uh, that attention is used to is used to sell us a lot of things. So this actually can go. This comparison can go into another um, interesting tangent of what could be the correct place in of uh, for sex in a society. So we have two extremes, right? And then a lot of places um, lie somewhere in in the middle. One is perhaps the way I could say which is used more in uh, more conservative cultures across the world. Um, That is the way of making a taboo out of sex. And a lot of us have grown up with that. I think several of my friends from India um, and similar cultures would relate. In a lot of cases, um, uh, in a lot of places in India, you can't, I think in almost all places, you can't really kiss on the road or sometimes holding hands on the road for a girl and a boy you can get yourself in situations that are really uncomfortable what's interesting is even a culture that believes in suppressing sex as much as possible the popular art of that culture the popular art for example in India even as the society tried to desexualize everything the popular art has always been filled with sexual undercurrents, innuendos. So they will show as much as they can show. They won't show um, the way they are They are able to perhaps show in other places around the globe. But uh, there will always be like an underlying sexual current going on. In one of the largest, um, and India is also one of the largest consumers of porn in the world. Um, even as there are more and more government initiatives to ban um, porn, to ban access to porn. And um, tragically, the same society has astronomically high instances of all kinds of sexual dysfunctions, the most, uh, the most uh, extreme being sexual violence outside and within families. On the other hand, you have the second extreme, right? You have the other approach, which is a very uh, liberal approach towards sex, which uh, uh, casualizes the entire thing about sex. And if, if not just casualizes, uh, casualizes it, but also encourages perhaps um, the entire idea of, uh, you know, quote-unquote free love. And just being able to express your the, the sexual side. So if I'm generalizing a bit, again, even in the US with every state and every place, the culture will differ. But if I have to talk about the US and I have to generalize a little bit, um, in that sense, I won't just be talking about like a, a primarily quote-unquote liberal society in some sense, but also a highly capitalistic one and I think more capitalistic than liberal. So as liberal and progressive as we might want to be here, we really can't sell a lot without sex. So there are actually very few things I feel that are not sexualized and very few means extremely few because um, I can't name a lot of things in the popular culture that aren't sexualized, that don't need to be sexualized. Like everything has to be kind of looked through a certain lens of sex, perhaps? So the same thing is done in the other extreme as well, in the opposite extreme, like in India, in an attempt to desexualize everything um, as much as you can. The focus is still sex, right? Whether you're trying to, no matter what extreme we choose, the focus remains one. And um, in my opinion, each way has its own dysfunction. So I'm not really sure if we can argue uh, which, which part of the world is doing it the correct or which extreme is correct. Because I don't, I don't think um, either of those are really free of dysfunctions. So then the question becomes, what would be the right approach to sex then? Without making it, perhaps the focus of all our lives and all our actions Um, so that we don't run away from it and we don't obsess over it. We put it at its place and then we move on to other domains of life. Another very important question also is, um, can we really isolate or separate sex from other um, aspects of life? For example, um, I was listening to Jordan Peterson and this is his opinion, his words. So he says sex cannot really be divorced from respect or what he calls quote-unquote love or uh, friendship or perhaps some kind of intimacy. I do see some truth in that. I'm not really sure if sex can really be separated from those things. But I think that question is more for an individual to answer. Nobody really can answer it for somebody else. There's a very interesting instance from one of the talks from Jiddu Krishnamurti that I saw. A man asked him, I think, what his opinion about homosexuality was. That was the question. The video is like 20-30 minutes uh, long, if I remember it correctly. And throughout the video, Krishnamurti never answers the question. He starts off by saying something along the lines of, Why is it so important, sir? Why is this question so important to you? So what he basically says is, or what he basically asks is, why are we so preoccupied with this entire idea of sex that it has become the central issue in the life of man and who's sleeping with whom and who should be having sex with whom becomes a topic of paramount importance beyond what it should be. Um, I don't remember the exact words but I think it was something along those lines. And then he goes on for for the entire length of the video talking about why he thought man, he says man or human being or society has become so preoccupied with sexuality. I really don't know why. One argument could be that um, we are sexual beings and that it cannot really be any other way. Because our entire biology, evolutionarily, we are designed to really gear in that direction. So no wonder we are like that. Um, And honestly, I don't think I have at the moment any strong argument to discard that fully. Maybe that is true. I really don't know. But if we accept that that is how we are, we will always keep swinging in one of the extremes towards our attitude of sex, uh, towards sex, um, if not as an individual, perhaps as a society, uh, then I think there are certain repercussions to that, whether it's the it's the pressure that people feel in more open societies, where most of our self-esteem ends up being tied to our sexual viability. Or in more traditional societies, like the one where I grew up, where you grow up tragically ill-informed about sex and about your own bodies. So inevitably, the education that you receive with regards to sex is either through porn or if not that, then it, uh, it usually is through your first experience of dating. Or your first experience of uh, being um, sexually intimate with somebody. Your first boyfriend or girlfriend or sometimes even your husband or wife. And if that person ends up being as ill-informed as you are, that's a problem. And if that person ends up being an asshole, then that becomes a tragedy of its own. That's like a different domain of tragic. However, if we look at perhaps, um, if we feel that, okay, maybe there is another way we could live. So um, perhaps there is something or a perspective that we lack. And if we get that, then perhaps we can adopt an attitude towards sex that isn't um, an extreme. So we can put it in its place and then our minds can be free to do uh, things that without to do things that are coming from a place of not from a place of uh, calculating my own sexual viability implicitly or explicitly and the things that we buy and the things that we consume aren't really coming from that space so the the second assumption is yes we can live in a different way so then i think the question of how would be worth considering, then perhaps how sexually viable I am or how desirable I am won't have that much of a bearing in what I think of myself and also won't have that much of a bearing on what we popularize as like a society. Um, Perhaps that might also have a huge impact on the general attitude or the narrative about the elderly. In the society, I think this deserves a different conversation like the place of elderly people in the society. Or sometimes it can even be people who are older than, say, over 45 or 50, and this particularly implies to women because I think a man over 45 or 50 can still be looked at as like a sexual person and then he uh, continues to be like a part of the mainstream. Uh, conversation again I could be wrong but um, I think women over 45 or 50 they are they can't they aren't really um, looked at as very sexually viable people Uh, so people who are over a certain age and and they look their age so it's not I'm not talking about somebody who is 50 and looks 35 no Somebody who's 55 and he looks 55 or she looks 55 or they look 55. They can then be a part of the mainstream narrative or 70 or 80. Um, And then perhaps we can kind of look at old age differently because then we are not constantly looking at everything through the lens of sexual viability. Um, And then if it is true that we can live like that, then that would imply that um, there are more exciting things, more meaningful experiences uh, to be had in life uh, other than just concerning or surrounding sexuality. So yeah, I think that would be a cool thing to consider. That is all. Um, I don't have the answers really to any of those things. But I, there are. these were just things that I felt like I see... And then I don't really hear people talking about them enough. So, yeah, I thought about talking, um, I thought of talking about it. Thank you. One point that I forgot to mention was. Um, if we can live in a different way, that would also mean that uh being single or being unmarried or alone wouldn't be really considered such a big tragedy as it sometimes is today, and perhaps we wouldn't really look at then marriage um, as the only um, way to Lead more fulfilled or completed lives, perhaps. Yep, that's it. See ya, bye bye.